Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Here we are, back live in the studio in North Palm Beach, Florida. That's in North America. We're in an international situation here with our our, uh, daily... Not daily, but our weekly show on how not to get ripped off by a car dealer. Been doing it a long, long time. Audience is growing. Uh, we're uh, we're doing live video as we speak with uh, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. In case you didn't know that in your radio, you want to see us in living color in the studio here, tune us in. Uh, we're... Uh, in a time that is unusual in the whole history of the auto industry, both retail and wholesale, uh, there's not a week goes by then there are not some major changes. We're coming out of this COVID. Uh, I call it a COVID high. It's uh, uh, it's a it's been a uniquely prosperous time for car dealers. Um, you'd think, well, with all the uh, shortages, supply chain shortages. What with the uh, microchips uh, and uh, all the other uh, parts that go into a car that are in short supply worldwide, it wouldn't be such a good time for car dealers. But uh, the way it worked is, yes, the cars were cut down on production considerably. There's not nearly as many cars as there normally is. We're operating, well, right now we're operating pretty good. It's uh, around 15,000 annual rate. But uh, we're, we're coming down, and the prices soared to the highest retail prices for automobiles ever in the retail history of automobiles. And now it's coming down, and things are slowly, slowly returning to normal. So um, I hope you're interested in this uh, phenomenon because uh, opportunities lie ahead for you right now. Um, You're going to be able to buy a car much less. The latest forecast I, I heard uh, was on CNBC, the uh, finance channel, uh, and uh, it was forecast that we would be back to supply equals demand in the third quarter of 2023. <laughs> now, that sounds like uh, a ways off, but remember, that's back. Uh, we're coming down now, and we see it. Uh, we're we're an automobile dealer family, and uh, we have a car dealership, Toyota dealership in North Palm Beach. So we see uh, in real time what's coming down. We're actually starting <coughs> to build an inventory. Uh, we had zero inventory uh, before. Uh, now we have probably, I'm going to guess, 35, 40 cars on the lot. Um, we've had fewer cars on the lot for a long time. Uh, we had no cars. Uh, because we had a very large order bank. Why? Well, we were the lowest-priced Toyota dealer anywhere that we know of because we capped our price 
at MSRP. Now, if you hadn't stayed on top of things and you just heard a car dealer say, we're keeping the prices down to MSRP, you probably were shocked. Yes, if you've been in a coma for three years uh, and you just came out of your coma, MSRP is a bargain price for a new car in anywhere in the world. I started to say America, but uh, if you can buy a car at MSRP without any hidden fees and without any dealer-installed options and accessories and all the other surprises that we see weekly on this show, it's a bargain. And now we're, we're not there yet, but we have, uh, as I say, my dealership capped it at MSRP, and that's the reason we, uh, we're sitting with right now over 2,000 new Toyotas on order waiting to come in. Why? Because uh, people can't buy them anywhere else for, for that little. The people that do buy the cars are buying the cars at uh, X number of thousands of dollars over MSRP, plus dealer-installed accessories, plus hidden fees in the amount of, depending on the region of the country, South Florida, uh, the average is probably $1,500 in hidden fees, multiple electronic filing fee, tag agency fee, administrative fee, uh, uh, prep fee. Uh, it's the number of names that they attach to the hidden fee in Florida is only limited by the imagination of the dealer. Uh, Florida law, Ashley Moody and her procedure, uh, proceeding uh, attorney generals in Florida, uh, in their infinite wisdom, decided that they would let car dealers call their hidden fees anything they want. So car dealers are pretty clever. They try to come up with names that sound like government fees, like sales tax. So they use tag agency fee and dock fee and uh, what else? Uh, electronic filing fee. That's one of their favorites. Anyway, here we are um, returning very, very slowly to normal. And... Uh, uh, I, I had a call yesterday uh, from a reporter from the Wall Street Journal on this subject. And uh, we discussed, uh, I was on the phone with her for at least 45 minutes, and we talked about what we're doing in our particular dealership to relearn how to sell cars, relearn uh, how to deal with competition and uh, how we should price the cars and how. It's... it's it's going to be uh, a different world in about a year for everybody in the car business. It'll, it won't happen overnight. It'll happen slowly. So here we are to answer your questions. Uh, by the way, um, a key member of the staff here, my son, Stu Stewart. He's actually Earl Stewart III, but we call him Stu. Stu has had uh, a problem with his back, a serious problem with his back. He's right now on a walker. He's not here. Hi, Stu. I hope you're listening. I hope you feel better. But uh, he's a key member of the team, and uh, he's the one that normally uh, handles the text and, and uh, Facebook postings. Uh, we'll double up with Rick Kearney here, and uh, Nancy will kick in, and she's taking uh, some of the load off Stu, uh, what he normally does. Um, our mystery shopping report, by the way, Stu normally writes that up, and we, we didn't get that today. We have the rough notes, but we're going we're gonna to get by. We're going to have a very interesting report. And we'll talk about it later in the show. We do the Mystery Shopping Report in about the last half hour of the show. We're here from 8 to 10 Eastern Standard Time. And uh, it's a two hours. We have plenty of time. Um, if you possibly can call the show, we'd love to have you call. 
We prioritize callers. We prefer callers. Now, don't you texters and anonymous feedbackers and Facebook posters and YouTube posters, don't take offense. We love you, too. Some of our very, very best, smartest people are doing the YouTube or the, or the Facebook. But something about the sound of the phone call, the personality and the voice, uh, the real-time kind of exchange that you can't match. Nancy Stewart, my co-host, sitting to my left here, she has her laptop right in front of her, and when she sees that phone call come in, we have Jeremy in the studio, and Jeremy will tell Nancy uh, that uh, Joe Doe from uh, Paducah, Kentucky is calling, and she knows that, and we stop what we're doing, and we go to the phone calls. If we're on a phone call, we try to move it along if we have to, to get to the next phone call. So if you will call 877-960-9960, we'd very much appreciate that. Uh, we uh, consider your questions and your thoughts and your comments the heart of the show. We can yak you. I'm, I'm, I'm probably the number one yakker. I love to talk. I love to uh, share my great knowledge with all you folks out there. And, uh, <laughs> but everybody does. That's human nature. We all do that. But we'd rather hear you say, hey, I got a, uh, a new uh, Honda Accord, and uh, did I pay too much money for it? Uh, what is this uh, notary and closing fee that I got charged? Or it's going, it's, it, it smells like uh, Limburger cheese. Is that a serious problem? And if you have a diagnostic problem, who do you call? Rick Kearney. He monitors YouTube, so uh, you or you can call on this number. Now we're probably going to give the number out so much you're going to hate it. If you're going to listen to the whole show, you're probably going to hear this number way too often. I apologize in advance. Here it comes again: eight seven seven nine six zero nine nine six zero. Please write it down. I know you don't have a question right now. We know that people listen to the show for about 15 minutes, and then they tune out. And some people don't listen at all for the first hour or so, and they tune in. So people are coming and going, the ebb and flow. If you're flowing or ebbing, and you write the number down, you don't have time to call now, uh, you'll probably want to call later. 877-960-9960. We have a unique... Uh, way to reach us. Uh, Stu normally monitors this. I will monitor that today. It's uh, an anonymous feedback way to get hold of us. It's a way to talk to us and we don't know who you are. It's like the uh, anonymous tip line to the police. We don't know who you are. We can't find out who you are. We don't want to find out who you are. So you can say it your way. You can say it the way you want to say it. Uh, We will have to censor out four-letter words, and other profanities. But we will get the essence of your message across, I promise you. And that anonymous feedback way is a website. It's youranonymousfeedback.com. Youranonymousfeedback.com. And there's the old-fashioned text line. Yep. I prefer text. Uh, I know Rick and Jonathan and Nancy and I, we all probably text more than we call, but... Uh, if you prefer that, that text number is area code 772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530. So that's where we stand right now. Uh, 
we don't have any calls yet, or Nancy would have thrown a match stick at me or something. She doesn't smoke. I, why did I say match stick? I don't know. Um, but uh, I'm going to turn the mic over to Nancy because a very critical part of our show are the female listeners. And our, our, our job and Nancy's primary job is to turn female listeners into female callers because we know that you look at life a little differently. You look at purchasing a little differently. You look at a lot of things a little differently. You're females. Viva la difference, right? We love the difference. And we respect uh, your purchasing power and your influence on the auto industry. Uh, car dealerships, if they don't think you're very important, are nuts because half the business comes from you. What do you think about when you buy a car? What do you wish uh, people did differently? Here's your source right now, Nancy Stewart, and you can call her at 877-960-9960, and she's got a super offer. Nancy, hit them with an, the incredible offer we have for the ladies. Good morning, everyone, and welcome. Uh, you know, we're here to inspire and motivate women, and uh, I think that uh, we've done a pretty good job. Uh, ladies, uh, this morning, I'd like to offer you $50 for the first two new lady callers. $50 for the first two new lady callers. Uh, just give us a call at 877-960-9960. And uh, also, uh, to the ladies that have called and haven't received their check, uh, that was brought to my attention this past week. Uh, if you'll give me a call at 561-386-6498, uh, I can get your contact information, or you could give the studio a call and talk to Jeremy in the control room at 877-960-9960. Uh, we have a great mystery shopping report to get to, uh, thanks to Agent Lightning. And Agent Lightning, I thank you for, well, what you did for me this morning. Um, I hope that you're sitting back and enjoying the show. We, uh, Agent Lightning went out to Audi Coral Springs, so you want to stay tuned for that. And uh, don't forget youranonymousfeedback.com. Youranonymousfeedback.com. Text number 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering cardio. Oh, in case you're tuning in, Stu, uh, good morning to you, and I hope you're feeling a little better this morning. We're thinking of you. Okay, I didn't hear that last part. Do we have a caller? Oh, okay. Oh, we just... You're a mind reader. I am. You're a psychic. <laughs> uh, we're going to go to the phones where we have Howard calling. Howard is a regular caller from Jupiter. And uh, Rick, we have you on hold, and we'll be right with you. Good morning, Howard. Good morning to you all. Uh, I have a question about next year's model. Uh, according to what I know, uh, next, year, next year's Camry should be different because it's after the five-year time where the, the uh, model has changed. So I want to know what next year's Camry will look like. What, what, the, what, what was the question, Howard? What, what was the Camry? Uh, he's asking yeah, what, the, what we think the next year Camry is going to look like. Gosh, uh, you know, when Toyota keeps a secret, uh, they keep it from everybody. And uh, 
actually, uh, car dealers uh, find out about some of these new developments after uh, the media gets hold of it. Uh, the media, some of the automotive specialists in the media, uh, they devote all their time to sneaking in, climbing over fences, and seeing what what's going on in Japan and all over the world. And it's a great scoop when they can find out something like that. So I usually read about the new Camry in the newspaper, or that's an old-fashioned way to do it. I see, I see it on Facebook, I guess, or Instagram. But we don't know. They uh, uh, they keep a secret. It, it, it'll, it'll leak out. It may have already leaked out, to be honest with you. Have you seen a... I have not seen any pictures yet. Yeah. Um, who knows? I... Probably not going to see a whole lot of body changes. It yeah. seems like all cars nowadays are kind of keeping that same general body shape. I'm sure there will be a few design changes, some uh, different lines here and there. But uh, I, I kind of like to wait and see. I, I like to be surprised. By yeah, Howard, I think, I think what's going on also today in, in this unique time, I think a lot of the brain power, engineering, science power, for all the automotive manufacturers, including Toyota, is aimed at uh, how are we going to get an electric vehicle, how are we going to get an autonomous vehicle, and uh, in terms of the way it was in the old days, uh, go way back, you know, to the big tail fins and the chrome, uh, and now we're getting into, you know, elegant, sharp-looking design. Uh, I think a lot of that uh, focus uh, will be devoted to the fact that if you don't have an electric vehicle in 10 years, you're out of business. Toyota particularly uh, kind of got caught with their pants down there. They they focused too heavily on hydrogen fuel cells. And I know the argument's still going on about hydrogen fuel cells, but I think the argument's been lost. I think that the electric vehicle is, is, is the name of the game. And uh, Toyota's playing catch-up right now. They're not worried about what the new Camry looks like. Thank you very much for the information. Thank Have you very much, I appreciate the call. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, Howard. Uh, we're going to go to Rick and Stewart. Good morning, Rick. Hi, good morning, everybody. Um, quick question. I am uh, I am in the market for a car. I've been looking around. I've gone to a few dealers, and it's uh, it's a really terrible experience. I mean, I had more fun getting a colonoscopy than going look for a new car. <laughs> I mean, okay, so now I know you, you uh, mentioned many times about the dealer prep fee and uh, how that's just a bunch of BS. So now, do you, what, could you tell me what fees exactly that I should look at the guy and say, I'm not paying that because I know it's a bunch of bull? So what fees exactly do you, do, would you go with that? Rick, uh, I don't recommend you take that tact because uh, they're trained on this because a lot of people now are saying that exact same thing. Uh, and in fact, in some dealerships, the uh, the fees that they charge, the, the hidden fees, are baked in. They, the, the salesperson has no control over them. Uh, that's pretty much the case in every dealership. Salespeople don't get paid on this, and uh, uh, the dealer, uh, whatever you want to call it, electronic filing fee, tag agency fee, dealer fee, uh, dealer prep fee, they that that should be that's profit to the dealer. And normally, the salespeople get paid 25% of the profit. They don't get paid on the hidden fees. So they don't, if, they, if they take that hidden fee off, if they were to do that, which they won't, but if they did, they would be losing 25% of that fee. So if it's a $1,000 fee and they get, have a 25% commission, 
by taking that fee off, saved you a thousand, cost them two hundred fifty dollars. www.aintgonnahappen.com. So, the person right, who. So, but are they are they are they itemized? Are these fees itemized when you sign your contract? Could you say, look, what is this? Could you question what's the what is this fee? What's that fee? Or are they just melted into the price? Are it, they itemized? It varies from dealership to dealership. There are some dealerships the most. The most uh, underhanded, the most devious dealerships, you don't see the hidden fees until you're in the finance office. Most dealerships will have them on their worksheet, which is not a legal document, and they tell you that in the fine print. Yeah, it's the worksheet. And so they, they put them out there, but they're disguised to look like government fees. So uh, if you spot something that's obviously uh, an extra fee, uh, the, my approach is this. Now, I, I would say to the salesperson, if I'm, if I'm Rick, I say, I see these extra fees you have here. You said hidden fee. There, there's actually probably an average of three hidden fees. If you find one, you haven't found them all. There's one or two more. I say, you, you charge as many of these hidden fees as you want, but I want the bottom line out-the-door price. And the way I define that out-the-door price is a price that I can write you a check for, sign the check, hand it to you, get in that car, and take it home without anything else. And oftentimes, in addition to hidden fees, are adding dealer-installed accessories. They'll put nitrogen in the tires. They'll put window tint. They'll put pinstripes. Uh, they'll put mud guards. I mean, they'll put thousands of dollars of crap on the car and expect you to pay it. So, say, so, uh, keep your fees, keep your dealer-installed accessories, anything you want. I want your out-the-door price, then I'm going to go to your competition and I'm going to ask them if they can meet the price or beat the price. Uh, that way, you don't get into the weeds where you're hearing arguments, well, legally I have to charge you this fee, otherwise I couldn't charge any customer the fee or I have no control over it. You're playing their game when you argue about the fee. Stick to that one phrase, out-the-door price. Okay, so if I go to Earl Stewart Toyota because I'm looking for a Tacoma, yes. Do your do your salesmen are your salesmen already versed in your style of selling, where they're not going to uh, you know try to you know uh, con you into these fees? Absolutely, our, our our salespeople are not paid on 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 the uh, commission. They don't get a commission based on the price of the car. I set the price of the car. Every one of my new cars I price at MSRP. I have no additional fees. I have no dealer-installed accessories. What you see is what you get is what you pay. It's an out-the-door price plus sales tax, for a sales tax, 6%, and you also have to pay uh, for the license plate. But you have an out-the-door price on every car online. You don't even have to come into the dealership. You go online, you find the price, then you try to go to the competition and see if they'll meet or beat it. Uh, but they have to meet or beat it with an out-the-door price, not one loaded up with hidden fees. Right. Okay, great. Looks like my next stop is Earl Stewart Toyota. <laughs> and uh, Rick, well, thank, uh, thank you, Rick. Rick, I'll wrap this up by telling you that uh, you can read uh, just what we talked about. You can go to Earl on Cars, and you can read his uh, you know, a column, uh, all of his columns, as a matter of fact. And the one in particular that would interest you is dealer fees are not bad. Hidden fees are, and uh, this will okay. this will sort of open the door t to, you know, all of these fees uh, that uh, they may, you know, take advantage of I you on. That? Where would I find that? 
those articles? EarlOnCars.com. E-A-R-L on cars. C-A-R-S dot com. Okay, wonderful. Great. Thank you very much. You guys have a great day. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Rick. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget youranonymousfeedback.com. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Okay, uh, again, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we're, we're on YouTube, and I know you folks uh, are driving cars now because you don't want to buy them because you're having to pay too much money if you do buy one. So you're trying to make your current car last longer. Uh, if you have any kind of a diagnostic issue, Rick Kearney, certified diagnostic master technician, he's sitting to my right here in the studio. He's monitoring YouTube. I guess you're also monitoring Facebook mm-hmm. because Stu's not here. And uh, you can uh, po- post a question. You can uh, call 877 960 That's 877-960-9960 and ask Rick the question. Describe your issue. Uh, I know one of the things that, that Rick uh, talks about is when you have a problem with a car, don't uh, hear a third-party opinion of what's wrong. Say, oh, you need a valve job or you need, a, you need to have a... Uh, the transmission overhaul, or I mean, if if you walk into a car dealership or drive-in, and you say, "Please uh, give me a new transmission," they'll be glad to get you a new transmission. Uh, but don't diagnose your own problem. Uh, have it diagnosed by someone you can trust, and then get competitive pricing. So you got a free diagnosis right here on the air, live on uh, on this radio station, <laughs> and you could call Rick Kearney at 877-960-9960, describe the problem, okay? I hear a click, click, click going in the lower left-hand side of my uh, rear door, or I hear, I, I smell something. Describe the smell, what it smells like. Or, uh, you, you know, when I, in, in the morning, when I go to start the car, I, you know, you give all the details, and if you're really high-tech, Send an audio clip or a video clip of the issue right to Rick at uh, youtube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. YouTube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Rick Kearney will see that immediately and he'll answer your post. So, uh, you folks out there that like a free diagnosis, please give us a call. Okay, uh, let me talk about something very uh, dear to my heart because I've talked about it on this show a lot and. Uh, I was really surprised to read in the current issue of the Automotive News, uh, Toyota worrying about leasing dropping off considerably, and it has. Uh, Toyota typically did about 30% of their business with leasing. Leasing is one of the most talked about uh, subjects on this show. And uh, for years and years and years, and especially uh, during this COVID-induced high that we've had with car dealers, uh, leasing. For a lot of reasons. Now, when you lease a car, you have an option to buy that car when it comes back. And uh, the whole industry, all the leasing companies, the captive leasing companies, meaning the manufacturers, they all got caught by a big surprise. When you lease a car, they look into their crystal ball, literally, of course, and they guess. That's a calculated guess of what that car will be worth in three years, assuming a 36-month lease. Because in three years, 
they're going to give you something. You don't get much free from uh, car dealers and manufacturers, but what you do get when you lease a car is that option to buy it at a price they guessed at three years ago. Well, three years ago, the guessing wasn't too good for 2022 in uh, December. <laughs> Nobody knew what was going to happen. So your car is coming back at a bargain price, and it has been for about a year now. They, 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 they missed the residual value of your lease. So you can buy your lease car at thousands of dollars below the actual market value. So that's one of the reasons why leasing is in the spotlight right now. Uh, a lot of people aren't leasing cars because they're keeping their old cars by extending the lease. And the car leasing companies will grant you an extension, reluctantly in some cases. And some people are just exercising their option to purchase and keeping that nice, new to them, new to you, I mean, it's the lease car, but they exercise the option. So they had a three-year lease. They got that nice Honda Accord, and they'll keep on driving. And a lot of people are doing that. So the leasing is dropping. The manufacturers love leasing. Why? Because they sell or lease you a car at a much higher percentage if you leased it in the beginning. Think about it. They know who you are, where you are, and they can't get a, the customer can't get away from the manufacturer or the dealer. So... Toyota, Honda, Mazda, General Motors, they got a great chance of selling you or leasing you another car if the first one was leased. If it's not leased, they don't know where you are. You own the car, you're footloose and you're, fan and you're, you're fancy free, you can do whatever you want. They don't have that control over you. The car dealers love leasing because they make an average of about $2,000 more on a lease than they do a purchase. Well, right now... <laughs> They're making way more than $2,000 if they sell your car. So uh, it kind of shot leasing down, and now they're trying to build it back up again. So, uh, what, uh, Excuse me. Uh, what is Toyota's uh, leasing percentage right now compared to the 30% that it was? They're down around 10%. And, uh, that's a drop. And that's a, that's a huge drop. And in different regions of the country, uh, it was more than 30%. There are a lot of uh, Toyota dealers uh, before the COVID crisis they were leasing 50% of their cars. So I think lack of inventory, lack of incentives yeah. has really affected uh, the uh, you know, whole climate. Well, here, here's, here's, a, here's a, a secret uh, of why leasing is uh, dropping so considerably that this article didn't address. I'm not sure whether they know about it, but if they did know about it, they would deny they knew about it. Uh, the article was quoting um, the uh, head of Toyota in uh, North America, and uh, uh, Christ is his name, and uh, he was giving a lot of reasons why the leasing was dropping. When you lease a car, the leasing company, of course, buys the car and then, and then leases it to you. They own the car, the leasing company. So they are, in, in a sense, financing that car. Now, they capped the amount of uh, amount that you can sell the car for or lease the car for to the dealer. Now the dealers are selling the car at thousands of dollars over MSRP. Well, guess what? The leasing companies, the Toyotas, the Hondas, the General Motors leasing companies, will not be gouged. They will not buy the car 
for the price that the car dealers can and are selling the cars for because of the car shortage. That's why leasing is dropping off. I mean, uh, the dealer can make a whole lot more money by selling you that new Honda Accord for $5,000 over MSRP because Honda leasing would drop the amount they would finance and require the lessor, the lessee, I should say, you, to pay four, five, six thousand dollars up front to lease the car. You're not going to do that. Okay, that's that's the truth. So, again, back to the beginning, leasing is not something that you're going to see come back soon. And all the leasing companies and the dealers are going to try to get there, but they're they're not there yet. Uh, we're going to take and change gears for a moment. And, uh, hey, folks, uh, give us a call. Let us know how you feel about uh, this topic that we just covered on leasing. 877-960-9960. We're going to go back to the phones where Walter is calling us from Stewart. Good morning, Walter. Uh, good morning. Um, I had two quick points. During the height of the pandemic, Toyota would offer a concierge service at no charge. Now, recently, that has become an issue, and they did reluctantly offer me that service. But I was wondering what your thoughts are about the customer. Uh, I live within five miles of the Toyota dealer, about even charging for concierge as an adjunct to increase service. Second point, especially when you're building a new dealership and the service advisors are either standing or sitting in extremely tall chairs and people that have disabilities don't even have a place to sit while they're discussing their problem with the service advisor. I find that to be very disturbing and I'm shocked that it's not a violation of the uh, uh, Americans with Disabilities Act. But the first point was about the concierge service, where the dealer would pick your car up, fix it, and return it to your house. Well, uh, Walter, uh, that's a, a very good observation. I think uh, there's a lot of, uh, I don't know what the word is, lethargy going on now in car dealerships. Uh, the, the owners of the dealerships, the general manager of the dealership, uh, the management team, because of the uh, unique situation where car dealers are making so much money in the new car department, the focus has been taken off customer service. And uh, this is something that's going to have to be relearned. I think I mentioned at the beginning of the show that I was contacted by a reporter for the Wall Street Journal. And the same thing is uh, with, that you describe is happening to some degree at all dealerships, even my dealership. Uh, you you don't see the way I see it, but it's hard to sell cars. It's hard to keep customers happy. Uh, it's a real challenge. And if you want to be the retail car dealership that prospers and 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 has a significant market share in the market there. They're in geographically, they have to treat customers right, including the including the disabled and everybody, uh, minorities, everybody. Uh, you have to give the customer that comes in your store. Same is true with selling iPhones, selling uh, television sets. 
this, this is the 21st century way of smart retail. This whole COVID thing has kind of put a stop. We're frozen in time. A picture car dealerships that would, uh, car dealerships have always been profitable. Picture a car dealership that's averaged making a million dollars a year. Now that's a small dealership. A small dealer makes a million dollars a year, okay? Now this dealer today is making four million dollars a year and he's not working nearly as hard. Now, he doesn't put the pressure on his team and his employees to service the customers and take care of the customers. And I know the main profit is coming from the new car department, but uh, it's, everything starts at the top. So when you have a car dealer or a general manager, all the top management making much, much more money than they ever did and having to work much less than they ever did because the customers are coming to them and begging to buy the car. And you accommodate them by selling them a car at thousands of dollars over a sticker. I, this is why you're being neglected in the service department, Walter, because the management team is remiss in not seeing that uh, the concierge service, that the service advisors sitting on their stools looking at someone that's obviously disabled, not going to assist them, not offering them a ride. These are all things uh, that have to be corrected when things return to normal, which I predicted at the beginning of the show um, uh, will happen sometime near the early third quarter of 2023. Well, what, what, what are your thoughts about, um, because this particular dealer also owns a Lexus dealer, yeah. And it's getting to a point where I consider Toyota a premium brand. Yeah. Now, what are your thoughts about even charging the customer for concierge service? Well, uh, I, I, I've entertained this uh, myself and my dealership. And uh, I think that one difficulty the dealer has with concierge service is the, is the distance. Uh, and um, you know, um, some car dealerships, especially today, they have dealers, uh, customers from coming from 50, 60, 100 miles away. So, okay, I'm for like five miles yeah, or less. Yeah, uh, I, I think that uh, uh, in my particular dealership, uh, we offer concierge service uh, for within a uh, certain zip codes that are reasonably accessible to and from the dealership. But I, I, I couldn't honestly say that I would offer concierge service to a customer from Orlando. Uh, I mean, the further right. away, from, yeah, it gets difficult. But uh, I think it's good business. And I think, I think you'll see Treasure Coast Toyota, and you were talking about uh, the, other, the, the, the owner there is uh, Sandy Woods, and, and he also owns the Lexus dealership uh, in Fort Pierce, I believe. And uh, I, I'm sure he sees things returning to normal and especially in a Lexus dealership uh, uh, Lexus uh, customers are used to being pampered they're used to being uh, taken care of and uh, most luxury dealerships treat their customers far better than they uh, a Chevrolet dealer or a Toyota dealer or a Honda dealer you get much better treatment at a Cadillac store or an Acura store or a Lexus store so your observations are are, uh, I, I hope people are listening. I hope Treasure Coast Toyota is listening. Uh, this is not the way you treat your customer. Well, the other thing is is that once you offer something, 
and then you take it away, yeah. that uh, comes as a shock. Exactly. Exactly. And, in other words, if you did it then, why didn't you do it now? Yeah. Yeah, just being honest with the customer, uh, they might not like it, but if you just ignore it, that angers, uh, you know, we're all consumers. I'm a toilet dealer, but I'm also a consumer. And, right. uh, and I, 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 one, of, one of my strengths, I like to think, as a businessman and a car dealer is that I, I can identify with consumers. Every time I go into a store, whether it's Costco or Target or, or Walgreens, every time I go into a store, I think of it, you know, I'm a consumer. Uh, how do I like being treated? Would I come back here? And if I wouldn't, where would I go? That's the way my mind works. That's the way all business people. You can't just be a businessman uh, and a car dealer. You have to be a consumer. In your mind's eye, you have to see how your customers feel when they come into your dealership. Uh, this uh, Wall Street Journal reporter that called me yesterday was amazed that I mystery shop my own car dealership. Uh, you know, we mystery shop, as you know, if you're a listener of the show, other car dealerships all around Florida, in fact, around the U.S. Uh, we shop uh, every week. We've been doing it for 20 years. I shop my own dealership. Why? Because this way I can see my dealership through the eyes of a mystery shopper who is a typical consumer. And the boss never sees what's really going on. If Sandy Woods, the owner of Treasure Coast Toyota, or maybe his daughter, I believe, might be the, uh, an owner too. If she goes into Treasure Coast Toyota, uh, guess what? Those service advisors are not sitting on the stools. They're running up to say, oh, hi, Mrs. Woods. What can I do for you today? So when you walk into a car dealership and you're the owner, you see things through a different lens. And you, you don't see that lens. <laughs> when you have Mr. Shopper. And that's what I would recommend to Sandy Woods and the owners of those two dealerships. Since the Mr. Shopper's in, we have. Read some of our mystery shopping reports on Treasure Coast Toyota and uh, Lexus of Fort Pierce. You can go to EarlonCars.com and you can read in our archives all the mystery shopping reports of your dealerships and see how you did. That's how your customers did and not the way you do when you walk in as the owner. Right, right. Well, what, what I'm going to do is just, as I did in the past, um, just try to assuage the service advisor to provide that service. That's all I can do. And if they don't do it, they don't do it. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You just, you just have to. Uh, they don't have the power. I mean, now uh, what you know, what uh, some dealerships do. In fact, we do the same thing. We might not have a car available. Might not have a courtesy fan maybe out. But uh, we, uh, we will have a salesperson uh, uh, take a customer home. And uh, if you look in the sales department, you know, if you, you take your car into service, you go in the service lounge, and you stand around, uh, it looks pretty busy, doesn't it? Now, walk into the showroom, you'll see a bunch of salespeople standing around, talking to each other, having coffee, maybe outside having a smoke, uh, telling jokes, uh, maybe uh, playing uh, solitaire on their PC because they don't have anything to do. Customers come in, that's a price, take it or leave it, because if you leave it, the guy that comes in the door next will buy the car. Salespeople got plenty of time. The sales manager and the general manager of these dealerships should say, hey, take Walter home. He brought his car in. We don't, the courtesy van's not available. We don't have the concierge service available anymore. Please take him home, and then we'll call him, and you can come pick him up and uh, bring him back in, because 
salespeople have plenty of time on their hands, and they have a car to drive. Right, right. Well, listen, I appreciate all your time and uh, your thoughts on the subject. Thanks, Walter. I appreciate the call very much. Oh, okay, Great call, Walter. You. Okay, bye now. Bye-bye. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that number is 877-960-9960. You can give us a call. Uh, ladies, that's the number you would use to win yourself $50. The first two new lady callers, you can win yourself $50 this morning. 877-960-9960. And uh, for you others, you can text us at 772 772- Four nine seven six five three zero. So take advantage of that. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, our caller so far has certainly hit on a lot of interesting topics. And we thank you for joining us at uh, Earl Stewart on Cars. Uh, we are going to go to David, who's been holding uh, from uh, Tequesta. Good morning, David. Morning. How are you doing this morning? Great. Thank you. Good. I had a, I had a question on a few shows back quite a while now, I think. I have a 2021 uh, Toyota Tundra. I wanted to get leather installed in that, and unfortunately, the one I had picked out at your place, the wash guy had accidentally uh, hit somebody else's car with it. When I got done, I had to get another car. At that time, they said that I could get leather installed, but I haven't been able to find out how to go about doing that because I I said, you guys don't actually do it there, and I was wondering if I could get that information from you. Well, that's a, that's a thriving industry, uh, David, and uh, uh, that's one. Uh, if, if Stu were here, my son, he would know the answer to that. Uh, we have several vendors. There's a, a lot of vendors out there that do the leather. Uh, uh, the markup is uh, typically a couple of hundred dollars to the dealer. Uh, what I can do is uh, get that information. Uh, if you'll uh, text me, uh, I'll give you my cell phone number. You can text me. Uh, later in the day, and I'll give you the. I can text you back the name of some uh, leather vendors, and I'll tell you what my cost is on the leather install on a 2021 Tundra. You got a pencil, well, Andy? Great. Okay, I well, do. write my number down. It's area code 561. Yes. 358. Yes. 1474. 1474? Yeah. And uh, if you, you'll text me there. I can't get back to you till after the show. We're on the air till 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So uh, I'll get you that information probably around by noon today. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're very welcome, David. 877-960-9960. Text us at 772-497-6530. Earlier this morning, I mentioned the fact that there are some ladies who haven't received their $50. Uh, If you'll give me a call at 561-386-6498, I can get your contact information and get that check out to you. Uh, We're going to go to Mike, who's been holding from Wellington. Good morning, Mike. Mike, okay. Hi, Mike. Good morning. Welcome. How's everybody doing? Great. Good. Well, I had a a question about um, a Corolla... SE. My son has to get a new car. Well, he doesn't have to get a new car, but he has to get a car. He has to turn in his lease in the next few weeks. And, of course, we were talking about Toyotas because I've been listening to you guys for years. And I'm pushing him toward Earl Stewart. But he went online, and he said they don't show any 2023 Corolla SEs in stock or coming in soon. Can you tell me a little more about that? 
Well, it's the situation with the microchips and uh, all the other parts that are not available. The, the cars are, are coming out slower. The 2023s are coming out slower. Uh, if you were to order a 2023 Corolla SE now, uh, your waiting time would be about six months, and that would be uh, optimistic. I'm, I'm lowering it to only six months because uh, we're starting to see uh, more and more parts availability, and it was forecast earlier in the show that we'd be back to pretty much normal by early in the third quarter of 2023. Uh, if, if that's the car he must have and no other car will do, uh, then he should order the car and put his name on the list. Uh, if he changes his mind, then uh, there's, you know he can change his mind any time. Uh, you said he's got a lease car. He's going to turn it in. Has he considered yeah. exercising his purchase option on the car he's currently leasing? <laughs> well, yeah, that's a, that's a long story. But um, we, we did try that, and they wanted such a ridiculous amount of money for the car. We just got up and walked out. Okay. Uh, who, uh, yeah, who, they were crazy about that. Who who wants uh, a different amount of money? He said they. Um, it was. Uh, I'm trying to think of the name of it. In uh, right down right down the street from you guys on North Lake Boulevard, the Hyundai dealer. Oh God, I forgot the guy's name. Oh, it's a Hyundai I, I, in Napleton. Yeah. Okay, so he's leasing a Hyundai. Right. Yeah, they were ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, uh, they're they're not a, a dealer that I would trust, and uh, the Federal Trade Commission just fined them, you know, eight or ten million dollars for yeah. uh, deceptive. So <laughs> uh, uh, they can't tell you what the option price is. They, your son has a contract with Hyundai Leasing, and uh, that right. option to purchase is made. Uh, his right by the Consumer Leasing Act of 1976. And uh, uh, I can give you the name and telephone number of an attorney that he can call uh, that would uh, be glad to give Hyundai, uh, Napleton Hyundai, a little call and say, you cannot deny him the right to buy this car at the purchase option price. Purchase option price should be well below the model price, the uh, the, the you know the market price. So, uh, if, uh, if if he were to call or you were to call on his behalf and just say you talked to Earl Stewart at Earl Cars, and he said that uh, that it is illegal for them to change the purchase option price, that he must be able to exercise that option price with Hyundai. Now, he's not dealing with Hyundai Napleton on North Lake Boulevard. He's dealing with Hyundai Leasing. Uh, the leasing company probably doesn't even know about this conversation. It might actually be easier for him to call Hyundai Leasing, not Napleton, but on his lease right. contract, there'd be a number, call Hyundai Leasing, and say you want to exercise the purchase option price. They cannot add one penny to that price. That's illegal. Okay, good. All right, thank you. I appreciate that. You're very uh, welcome, I do have Mike. another question for you. Yeah. You, you show a, um, a 2022 uh, Corolla SE in stock. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if it's still there or not, but it was online the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, and my question is this. It's, uh, it says it's new, and this, the price you're asking is 24000 I think, 801 mm-hmm. which is pretty close to the same price as the 2023 SE. Hmm. Um, does that seem right? <laughs> well, 
The used cars are inflated in price now. Uh, the price that we put on our website is the actual out-the-door price. The only thing you have to pay besides that is you have to pay the state of Florida 60% sales tax, and you also have to buy a license plate for the car. So, But right. the out-the-door price is the price. Why is the price on the used car so high? Because of the inflated price of new and used cars. So, yes, strange as it may seem, a late model certified or not certified used cars are selling above MSRP and or at MSRP for a new car. So you say to yourself, well, why the hell would I buy a used car uh, when I can buy a new car? Uh, the MSRP is, is, is less. It's because you can't buy a new car. <laughs> <laughs> right, gotcha. You have to wait six months. You're not available. <laughs> exactly. Right. So, uh, I, okay. I, uh, Mike, uh, let me tell you something. I feel bad just having this conversation because uh, <laughs> I know how you must, must feel. Here's a used car, and I'm charging more than a 2023 new car. Uh, good news is probably by the time that 2023 arrives, prices will have come way down. And that price of the new car will come way down too. But right now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, people are buying the used car and paying over MSRP. Yeah. Okay. His timing is bad. <laughs> <laughs> Great call, Mike. You cover a lot of issues that a lot of people are interested in. So your questions yeah. enlighten a lot of people. Thank you very much. Uh, well, thank you. You guys have a great day. Thank you. Give us a call again. Let us know how that all turned out for you. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Ladies, I'm still waiting for you to call. $50 for the first two new lady callers. Uh, I think we're going to turn the mic over to Rick. Do you have some texts or YouTube for us? We got <clears throat> We got a couple things here. <clears throat> As always, for uh, Sue, we will start out with Anne Marie's uh -huh. uh, text Anne -Marie. message. Let's see here. She says, Good morning. My 2013 Camry has turned into a mystery machine, and I'm hoping that Rick can solve the mystery. I will try. Mm -hmm. uh, recently, I started on an 800 mile trip in the fog and rain. I drove on the interstate for about 30 miles with no problem until suddenly the tire pressure light on my dash started flashing and then came on steady. I was in the middle of nowhere. I finally found an exit and pulled off the road. It appeared that I had picked up a Phillips head screw in a front tire. I pulled out my trusty pressure gauge and checked all my tires. All tires were holding air. I drove to a tire shop with visions of having to buy a new set of tires. Turns out there was a seed in the tire tread, a little rock or a nut or something, which looked exactly like a Phillips head screw. And I have actually seen that. I had a tire shop staff jack up the car and check all tires for leaks. The light was still on, so I had them take off the front tires and pour soapy water on them to really make doubly sure there were no leaks or screws. The tires were fine. They put them back on and the light went out. The weather was still poor, so I decided to leave the next day. The weather was good the next day. I hopped in my car. 30 miles down the road, the tire pressure light starts blinking and stays on in the exact same location as the day before. Mm. Once again, I pull off the road and check my tires. 
They're still holding air just fine at the proper pressure. I had to get back home, so I drove very carefully, no speeding. The car was tracking straight, no vibrations. By the time I traveled another 120 miles or so, the tire pressure light on my dash went out and stayed out. I made the rest of the 800 mile trip without incident. Therefore, I suspect my tires were not the problem. My questions are, what's up with the tire pressure light, the idiot light, on the dash? Uh, could it be a bad sensor? How much does a sensor replace, or how much does it cost to replace a sensor if that is the problem? And the last one, it didn't apply this time, but why don't tires indicate which tire is soft, like Acuras do, when one tire is low on air? Or do the newer Toyotas indicate which tire is soft? Well, I'm going to start with that last one first. And for about the last two to three years, just about every Toyota with tire, all of them have tire pressure sensors now. And all the newer ones the have a spot on the dash that will show you which sensor is in what tire and which tire is going low on air. So that actually is the newer technology has caught up. Um, now for the cost of a sensor to replace a tire sensor in the average Toyota is going to run about, I'm going to say about 200 to $250, including the cost of the sensor itself. If it were to die, say the battery went bad or the sensor got broken or just it finally died. Uh, 2013 cards, 10 years old, so they're getting to that age that the batteries might be finally wearing out. Now the interesting part is the fact that the tire light came on and was blinking and then went solid means that the computer saw a loss of one of those sensors. It couldn't read one of the sensors. Not that the tire went low on air, which would simply turn the light on solid, but that it was blinking means that the computer can't see one of the four sensors. Most likely in what I mean, we experience. I, let me jump in there. I mean, it's great that you, obviously you know this, you're a certified diagnostic mm -hmm. master technician. Why would they do that to a customer? I mean, uh, I mean, that's a signal to a technician. What about the, a woman driving on an 800 mile trip in the fog and the rain, and she's got these, uh, flashing lights going on, has no idea what they are. Only way to find out is to drive them to a dealership and get someone like you. Why do they do that uh, to the customer? That's a rhetorical question, but I'm yeah, just saying, uh, Toyota, shame on you, and I'm a Toyota dealer, and I don't care. I'm, I'm telling you, you're as stupid as the other manufacturers that don't think about the customer. Well, they, they don't mean, think about I, the customer in a lot of ways. Anne, Anne Marie is a very, <laughs> uh, very smart. She's the mm -hmm. smartest woman I know, except for Nancy. Had to get that in, and uh, and she would remain cool under almost any circumstances. There are a lot of people, men and women, that would just said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna go find a hotel. Yep. I'm, I'm gonna, they're in a panic. I'm, I'm gonna abort my trip. I'm gonna call uh, somebody. I mean, it would have ruined mm -hmm. your trip." So again, I know I went on and on about that, but I put myself in Anne Marie's shoes, and it's just a shame that that happened. Yep. So. Now the interesting thing is, though, that it occurred in two different, two times, as she says, in the exact same spot, but now the light has gone out and is staying out. Now, playing the Sherlock Holmes, 
I would have to say Sherlock quickly, will you? (laughs) Most likely somewhere around that exact spot is some sort of a high energy electromagnetic force such as high tension power lines or something like that, a radio tower or something that is interfering with the electronic signal between the sensor and the computer Mm -hmm. and that's why it occurred. Could be a UFO. That's certainly possible too. (laughs) A meteorite buried in the ground. But something at that spot caused it to occur and my recommendation is if the light has stayed out now and your tires are all at the correct pressures, leave it be and watch it and if the light does not come back on, don't worry about it, you're fine. Thank you, Rick. But, uh, and all you manufacturers out there, think about the customer when you build these damn cars and your indicator lights and your warning. Uh, you, you remember the first person to see that is your customer. And to get tricky uh, and have something that's only in the tech manual uh, so that the, the poor customer has got to go to a, a, a car dealership and spend a lot of money to get it fixed makes no sense. There should be, you should be able to tell a customer in plain English, or the language of the customer, <laughs> what is wrong with the car? Just tell them. You, you might have a defective sensor. You might have outside interference. Uh, just give them some hope. Just let them know you don't have to abandon the car in the middle of a rainstorm because you're afraid something's going to happen. Yeah. Right. Thanks, Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie. You're the greatest. Uh, Anne-Marie, that, that was just a, a great uh, question. and. Uh, yeah, we we uh, we sympathize with you, but I have to say that uh, you are uh, a great woman, and you are very intelligent and knowledgeable, and you pulled out all the stops. And the reason I know that is because that has happened to me. And you were looking for an answer, and you're not going to quit until you find one. I did the same thing. It was a lot of time put into that issue of that light on the dash, and. Uh, one of the things that I did, the first things, was the gas, the gas tank, and that you can uh, make sure that that lid is closed on it. And you don't know how many times I did that on the side of the road. But at any rate, I was going to get to the bottom of it, and I did. So uh, we thank you for that great question, and uh, we hope to hear from you again. We're going to go back to the phones. Uh, let me, uh, before we do, let me remind the ladies, please give me a call, us a call, and uh, say hi. Or if you have a question, first two new lady callers can win themselves $50 this morning, um, 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget your anonymousfeedback.com. We're going to go to Gary who's been holding. Thank you for your patience, Gary. Gary's calling us from Naples. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? We're well, thank you. Um, One, you all do a good job, and I enjoy listening to the show every Saturday. But I guess this question may be for Rick. Um, I have a 15 Hyundai Sonata with 150,000 miles on it. The only thing I ever did to it is replace the turbo. And the car runs and looks like brand new. I use it as a commuter car. Should I have the seals on the engine and the seals on the transmission checked? There is nothing wrong with it, just to be proactive. Well, it certainly can't hurt to have a mechanic just look at them. But the easiest way to tell, really, is 
at your next oil change, ask the mechanic to just take a look and make sure you don't have any oil leaks. Would you recommend, I change that oil, uh, and I use synthetic every 7,000 miles. Since the car has such high mileage on it, what would you recommend? Stick with that. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again. You do a great job, and have a great day. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Curry. Hope to hear from you again. 877-960-9960. We are going to go to Marty in West Palm Beach. He is a regular caller. Good morning, Marty. Welcome. Good morning. Nice to hear from you. I got a question for Earl. Okay. Uh, I ordered uh, my new Camry in March. It still hasn't shown up because it's got a lot of stuff on it. But in March when I ordered it, the Kelly Blue Book on my used car was worth four or $5,000 more than it's showing now. So now, at that point in March, it was a good deal. Even though you were charging sticker, what they, were going to get, what they would give me for my used car was a good deal. Now, bottom line, it's not a good deal. So would you suggest that this car ever comes in? So far, March to December, it hasn't shown up yet. Maybe it won't show it up till uh, 24. But uh, would you wait if the car comes in? Well, I, yeah, I would double-check that number. Uh, we don't use Kelly Blue Book. Uh, most dealers don't use that. It's kind of a consumer thing. Uh, Kelly Blue Book has pretty much gone uh, to, uh, to directly to the consumer digitally, and uh, uh, car dealers uh, uh, use uh, – there's a company called V-Auto, uh, that, uh, uh, the Mannheim Auction – uh, real time, we can we can go online and more accurately determine uh, the the uh, value of a used car than ever before. Uh, NADA used to be something else that uh, dealers uh, use, but they don't. Uh, so uh, t- uh, look up. Uh, uh, well, you, you can either you can either call uh, uh, your salesman or me or or uh, somebody at the dealership and say, "Give me the V Auto value uh, for my trade-in." And, uh, and they can also give you the Mannheim value. And then if it looks like your car, for some reason, has come down precipitously, uh, we, can, we can talk about that. I don't, it doesn't make sense to me that, that the value of your car would have dropped that much. So I think it's an error with Ke- uh, Kelly Blue Book. Okay. Yeah. First of all, since, <coughs> excuse me, since the new car hasn't come in yet, I really have no reason to check it out until it comes. Well, really, that's true. I mean, it's uh, uh, either way. I mean, we we don't when, when we take an order on a car, we don't freeze the the buyer in. We don't take a deposit and say you bought a car, and then six months later, uh, you can you found the car for far less money at the competition, or you can sell your trade in for far more than we allow you. If you want, anytime you want out of out of the deal with us, you're out of the deal. You know that. In fact. Uh, yeah. You can get out of the deal for seven days after you buy the car uh, uh, and drive it. So, yeah, we're, you know, we don't hold anybody's feet to the fire when we sell a car. And things are so volatile today to uh, you can't commit to a price on the car you buy or a price to the trade-in and six months down the line. No one has that crystal ball. Okay. My other question for you, if you still can answer do you think when this thing gets back to normal, which is, you said, probably near the 
end of 23, do you think car dealers are going to go back to all the discounts and everything? Yeah, I, I've given up uh, uh, f- figuring out. I, I've talked earlier in the show I saw on CNBC. Are you familiar with a reporter by the name of Phil LeBeau? Uh, he's an automotive expert reporter, one of the best I know, and he's regularly on CNBC. Phil LeBeau, a couple days ago, said that, and to the best of his knowledge, uh, he would think that things would be back to normal uh, in early third quarter of 2023. Yeah, not as normal. Yeah, whatever, normal. whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll let, I, we can all laugh at Phil LeBeau. I'm not going to make any more forecasts, but if I had to guess, I'd go with him. He's a pretty good guy. My my order was in March, and yeah. now it's uh, December. Still hasn't shown up yet. I hear you, Mark. I know how you feel. Thanks, Marty. Okay. All right. Have Thanks, a good Marty. Day, everybody. Bye bye. It's great hearing from you. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. Text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. You can also get, you know, you can get in touch with us anonymously at www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Hey, is there a ladies' convention going on? Where are all the ladies? And we have $50 cash for the first two new female callers. Nancy Stewart has got her pen in hand, her checkbook. You call, first time you call the show, the first two new female callers, $50. I mean, how can you turn that down? We haven't had a new female caller. So 877-960-9960, 877-960-9960. I know you ladies are out there, and normally we have a whole bunch of lady callers. So please call 877-960-9960. Yeah, well, it is that time of year, and uh, ladies, we do it all, right? You yeah. may be out there taking care of your family. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here's a, um, well, kind of a, a, it seems like a joke, uh, but it is about your favorite topic, leaf blowers. Now, uh, I was asked if it was okay to use a leaf blower in the interior of your vehicle. Notice how I said your interior, because uh, we all know what a leaf blower does. It just blows everything everywhere. It doesn't pick it up. So (laughs) give me your thoughts. Uh, I I went ahead and researched this and found out that uh, Consumer Report was out there giving advice about leaf blowers. So there has been uh, quite a few consumers that have asked about it. And for me, I definitely wouldn't do something like that. In fact, uh, uh, we're in the process of uh, petitioning the leaf blowers off the earth. So, Rick, what do you have to say? <laughs> I would recommend a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the old traditional yeah. vacuum cleaner. Yeah. Uh, there's just a lot of places uh, that the debris can end up in all of these cracks and crevices. So that would be a very dangerous. You'd be blowing dust, dirt, debris, sand right into your radio, your speakers, the, the electronic controls, the buttons, the switches. How about the carbon monoxide poisoning? I digress. Uh, 877-960-9960.
And you can text us at 772-497-6530. Uh, we're going to go to North Palm Beach, where Terry has been waiting. Uh, give us, uh, let me see here, first-time caller. Hi, Terry. Good morning, Nancy. Hi, Earl. Hi. Welcome. I love listening to the show on my way to work Saturday. So oh, thank you for an enjoyable experience. You are a breath of fresh air. Uh, Terry, <laughs> stay on the phone and sure. uh, after we're finished. And uh, Jeremy is waiting in the control room to get your contact information, and he'll pass that along to me. How does that sound? $50. That's very exciting. Thank you. You're welcome. What can we do for you this morning? Well, I had sputtering in the car that happened so suddenly, so I took it in, and they changed a spark plug and, I think, the coil. Now it's sputtering again, so I suspect it's in other spark plug and coil. When you take the car for servicing, would they be checking all those issues so that I don't have to be without the car again? Should I have just asked for a complete tune-up? Rick will take care of that. Thanks, <clears throat> Well, tune-ups anymore are basically simply replacing the spark plugs. And depending upon what what model car, what you have, they can be anywhere from 30,000-mile lifespan to as much as 150,000 is the recommended replacement time on them. Um, the coil packs, unfortunately, when one goes bad, we find that the others usually aren't too long for this world. Uh, so one of the things we'll recommend is if you've got one coil pack that has died, we usually recommend, hey, do you want to do the rest of them now? Just get them all in one shot, and it's a reduced labor cost. Uh, due to the cost of it, though, a lot of folks prefer to do just one at a time. So most likely, yeah, if, if one has gone bad, it's a very good chance that a second one has died. I suspect it as such. I'm a little disappointed in my regular mechanic for not having recommended checking all of them or replacing all of them because i take really good care of my baby mm -hmm. oh <laughs> and your baby will take care of you oh i know you're absolutely right it's a 2011 bmw 3 series i got it over at north palm mercedes and it only had thirty thousand miles on it two years ago i think wow. it was a snowbird car wow so i'm just at sixty-six thousand, and it runs great but now i i'm very sad that i'm getting sputtering again so i I'll call and see if they would do something on a package for a, um, uh, a tune-up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, Terry, stay in touch with us. Let us know, uh, you know, oh, I'd love to. What, uh, how it all turned out. Okay, good. I'm a member of the Sunrise Club, too, on Facebook. Oh, oh are you really? <laughs> I'm, hopefully we'll have a sunrise one of these days. <laughs> I know. I'm shocked you can get up so early, but more power to you. <laughs> We've been announcing babies recently. Uh, we oh, yeah. we have a uh, Maisie who uh, Maisie Elizabeth Stewart, uh, who was uh, born uh, just this past week, and the week before we had uh, Jaden uh, John. He also was born, uh, and uh, wow, it's been an exciting time. But we really I know. congratulations. <laughs> thank you. We really enjoy the International Sunrise Club. We mm -hmm. it's astounding how many people uh, uh, Mr. Sunrise reaches. I know. I see all over the world comments. I'm telling you, from everywhere. Thank you so much, well, Terry. Thanks for answering my question, Rick. Thank you both. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. 877-960-9960.
And you can text us at 772-497-6530, youranonymousfeedback.com. You can go right there and voice your opinion. Uh, Rick, do you have any anonymous feedbacks? Well, we've got a text in. Okay. And this one actually is uh, anonymous. Uh, He says, I called, but always a business signal, so I'm texting. I put cash on a new 2017 Cadillac CTS in 2018 from the dealer. Yes, it was still on the lot. It had 2,000 miles on it, but was never titled. After three years and 80,000 miles, I use it as a work car and also always serviced at the same dealer, the differential went bad. The dealer's service manager told me the part was on back order with four customers waiting. About a year ago, I told them to put me in line for the part as I also could not find a used or rebuilt one. Recently, after having a mechanic service not connected with my dealer, my 99 Corvette, who does good work, I asked him if he could look for a differential for the CTS. He checked. He said the differential for my CTS is not being made anymore, and he also could not find a used one, but would keep trying. I contacted the manufacturer, as I suspected either the manufacturer or the dealer is not being completely honest. My question is, does the manufacturer have to keep the parts for new cars in production for any particular number of years, and are they stringing me along until the required time to produce expires, and do I have any remedy available to me? I believe it's 10 years, isn't it? That's what I've always been told is that for any model of car, new new parts must be made available by the manufacturer, by your dealer, for a minimum of 10 years from the date that that car was made. Let let me say this too, I I think you're right, you're being misled. Uh, You can find a part for almost any car any any time it's just you have to be persistent uh, you can go online i would put uh you're gonna make my little my cts uh on i would say uh, you know the part the differential be as specific as you can and you want to you want to remanufactured or used part and provide the vin as well yeah if you have that the, can narrow it down the, quite vin, well. the vin will be perfect because that tell, tells it all and you will have so many uh, parts, I promise you, you won't know where to start. You you want to find, you want to look at guarantees and prices and Google ratings and, you know, then you can go from there. But you will find that differential. Go online and, as Rick said, put the VIN number in and you'll you'll be covered up with remanufactured and used uh, differentials. Now, depending on it, if, if it is a very uh, uncommon or rare part, Getting it from the dealership, from from their supply of new, original equipment, manufacturer parts, uh, it may be on back order for a little while. There's been a real issue with supply chain on parts lately, uh, but I'm sure someone somewhere out there has a differential available for that car. Oh, sure, uh, call several dealers and uh, check with the par- call a larger dealer and check with the parts department. It can, it'd be it'd be easier to do, but. Uh, Someone's misleading you. You need to find a, a new guy to help you with this. Absolutely. Still okay. going? Okay. okay. Uh, got this one came in. Um, hi, uh, hi, Rick. Obviously, it's, uh, Jay here knew that, uh, well, I'm kind of helping out here a little today. Uh, 
I have a 2004 Corolla with 216,000 miles on it that recently developed an intermittent check engine light hmm. for code PO420. Hmm. Was this code a common issue on the 03 and 04 Corollas? I've changed the oil every 4,000 miles. The car does not burn oil. Every repair shop I've taken the car to suggested that I need to replace the catalytic converter. Oh boy. An OEM converter with install would cost about $2,500. What do you suggest? I thought a catalytic converter should last the life of the car. Jay. Well, Jay, unfortunately, uh, sometimes even the best of parts do fail. And yes, a, a code PO420 is exactly definition for a catalytic converter. That's that's a it's one of those codes that just says, nope, that's the only thing that's gonna cause it. It's the cat has deteriorated, it's no longer doing its function properly, and you should replace it. And twenty five hundred from a dealership for the OEM part, yes, that is about the right price because the catalytic converter there is built right into the exhaust manifold. So yeah, that's, is where, that's pretty this much where, what you're gonna pay. This is where you have to look yourself in the mirror and decide what you wanna do because the car probably runs just fine. And the question is, do you wanna be guilty of polluting the planet? Uh, and uh, if it doesn't bother you, then I wouldn't spend $2,500. What year car It's a, a 20-year-old car, a, a 2004. Yeah, it, so. it, it would make no economic sense to spend that money. And the other, look yourself in the mirror and decide uh, you know, what, how honest you want to be or how good you want to fee, feel about yourself. Uh, you could trade the car in, and you don't want to run up and tell the person that you're trading it into that it's uh, got a $2,500 catalytic converter that the light's going to come on and you're going to tell them. So anyway, uh, I'll let you, uh, you be the moral judge and uh, I'll be the economic judge. I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend $2,500 for a catalytic converter on a 20-year-old car. No, for myself, I would say I would ignore that light on that car and I would just drive it until the wheels fell off. I, that car has definitely, it's done its duty, but it's still running. And I would just keep right on running it. Absolutely. Great advice, guys. Um, I couldn't have said it any better. Uh, 877-960-9960. And you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, we do have the Mystery Shopping Report coming up. And uh, that is from Audie Coral Springs. I want to remind you all that uh, you, too, can vote on the Mystery Shopping Report. Uh, we really encourage all of your votes to see how you feel about the Mystery Shopping Report. You can text us your grade at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. You know, I, I did a blog uh, uh, last week. It's, uh, you can read it on uh, Florida Weekly newspaper or Hometown News or uh, online. You can go to earlandcars.com. And... Uh, the title is that Earl and Nancy drive autonomously. For a lot of you who follow the show, I know that we have a uh, Tesla, uh, we have Tesla, uh, not only just a Tesla, the Plaid, Model S Plaid, uh, world's fastest production car. We love our car. And uh, it's a fun car. It's uh, very high tech. And we've been trying for a long time to qualify to drive autonomously. And we we had a scorecard. The car measures every move we make, uh, our turns, our stops, 
are fast following too close. And you have to have, you, you had to have a score of 100 for a period of 30 days to be your, to have your fully autonomous software turned on. The software is already in the Tesla plaid, and they had to flip a switch to activate that, so, that software. Well, we never did make it, uh, but last Saturday morning before coming to the show, I got a, it was like a Christmas card or a birthday card. Ooh, they've turned on our software. <laughs> and so for the past week, uh, Nancy and I have been driving autonomously. And it has been a life-changing experience for both of us. Hmm. Uh, it is not at all what we expected. Uh, I am still in shock and awe, both. Uh, uh, Nancy's more in shock and less awe. I'm more awe and less shock, but we both share some of each. Yeah. But this car, uh, let, let me summarize it first of all by saying that no, uh, the, the Tesla self-driving, TSD, Tesla self-driving is not fully autonomous uh, the way we want full autonomy to be. Uh, the car has, how do I say, it has a mind of its own, uh, drives differently, and uh, it, it has put us in some scary situations. Uh, occasionally, like going through heavy construction, uh, we call her Miss Nancy, uh, we, you have a Tesla uh, on your on your software when you're setting your Tesla up to name the car, so we name the car Miss Nancy, and uh, so we'll refer to the Tesla plant as Miss Nancy. Uh, when when Miss Nancy comes into a high construction area with a bunch of cones, small cones, big cones, and then they painted out the lines on the road and they put in painted in new lines, and it's total chaos, confusion. Miss Nancy uh, can't handle it. And she just stops <laughs> after swinging the wheel around. Uh, extremely difficult, <laughs> and and it, it is quite an experience. And then the good news is you can easily disengage full autonomy by uh, just tapping a little button on the steering wheel. Easy to do. That's the good news. And once we learn to do that, and you take back control from Miss Nancy. But we found that uh, people on the road don't know that we have fully autonomous car and I've never had my horn horns blown at me more in the past week and uh, it's almost a lot of hand gestures I'm almost, almost getting used to it. I almost I almost like it. a lot of hand gestures yeah. of people people screaming and at I, us and it, it made me feel guilty because I used to do the same thing to people and now I'm the victim thanks to Miss Nancy yeah well I feel guilty because uh, I almost lost my life yeah we were, we were driving the dealership when, you know, like the second day we're driving the dealership and and we uh, uh, I saw oh, Miss Nancy knows a better way to get there <laughs> than I do she Miss Nancy got a 995 I said this must be faster so we're going to 95 for the dealership and all of a sudden uh, I realized we're headed for Lake Worth. So Miss Nancy she had thought, a change of heart. Miss Nancy thought that Earl Stewart Toyota was in Lake Worth. It's actually in Lake Park, but we don't know that's a long story. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I, so I had to take over control, and then uh, as we, I put it back on fully autonomous, and we headed back, and she got on Blue Heron Boulevard. These are local streets. A lot of people are, are listening all over the world. Excuse me for that, but. Miss Nancy wanted to make a left-hand turn, but unfortunately she placed us and herself in the far right lane. 
So we sat there I got in, the up. Far, in, the, in the far right lane with a left turn signal on for quite a while before I took control of it over. And, and I, I, could, I could go on about these uh, issues. Uh, the reason I'm, I, I'm, I'm, actually exi- I'm actually exhilarated by the experience because I'm seeing what she does is marvelous. The ability, I'm, ta- I'm telling all the bad things, but, but given relatively normal uh, roads, what she does is amazing. She changes lanes, she slows down, she speeds up, uh, she anticipates. Uh, she's extremely careful with civilians, in fact, uh, pedestrians. She's 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 so careful that if she sees a pedestrian in a place where the pedestrian might not want to be, she slows down. <clears throat> Caution likes to get her all upset. And how many times have you been on the road and you go by a fire station? You know they have the caution lights and they're beeping, and and it just says this is, is it what it says to me in the past. Oh, this is a fire station. I better be careful, keep my eyes open, because if there's a fire, these trucks are going to come running out, that precaution light will turn to red, and i got to be careful. That's what it tells me. What it tells Miss Nancy, my fully autonomous Tesla plaid, is I better slow way down. So she slows way down. We could be at a 45, 50-mile-an-hour zone, got cars behind you, and the horns start blowing again. So... Uh, that's wh- that's where we are with uh, the fully autonomous car. After that last ride, I, we I, took her home, and she's in time on. Yeah, I promised Nancy Until that this I would. Morning. I promised the real Nancy <laughs> that I would not use fully autonomous without her permission. Because it's rough. It's rough on the passenger. <clears throat> you have to worry about. You have to worry about whiplash. The, the normal, yeah, whiplash. The normal uh, mistakes that other drivers make. The normal mistakes that you might make. And now you got to worry about Miss Nancy's mistakes. So you really are tense when you're on fully autonomous. Yeah, that's an understatement. In that cabin, there's a lot of uh, intense uh, and uh, a lot of profanity. And uh, but that's another show. We'll get to that later. Uh, We're going to go to Port St. Lucie, where we have a caller. Uh, And uh, good morning and welcome. Hey, good morning to you. Good morning. What's your name? My name is Harvey. Oh, good Harvey. morning, Harvey. Thank you for calling. What can we do for you? Okay, I have a, a 20-year-old Impala. Chevy. It's a Chevy. I think it's a Chevrolet. So I want to know, instead of putting a catalytic converter, I put a straight pipe instead. Is that okay? Rick? Well, uh, technically it's illegal uh, to remove the catalytic converter by federal emission standards, but I doubt very much that anybody's ever going to find out and check on it. No, he's only on live radio worldwide. <laughs> well, but how many people out there are named? Excuse they me. know his name, and they know he's from Port St. Lucie, and he knows they had a 20-year-old uh, Chevrolet Impala. They're ha- probably beating on your door right now. Jave ha- ha- is, is a, uh, it's a, that's a fake name, isn't it, Jave? Yeah, that's not, that's not you. That's not my real name because... Oh, of course. (laughs) Right, yeah. Listen, I escaped from Cuba, so I know a lot about Uh, my identity. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I like that. But but my question, if I went to New York to live, that would be a problem because there's an inspection there. Yep. But Florida, no inspection. Now, if I went to New York to live, 
there was and they checked the emissions. What would happen with that straight uh, line? Yeah, they, 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 they would you, not pass your car. They, they, well, they probably give you a week to get it fixed, and then, yeah. they, then they would know where you live, and they'd come and get you if you don't do it. <laughs> okay, now you you know in Cuba we have these old cars, and uh, the parts in Cuba, what they they're doing, they're fab- refabricating. Parts, which incredible, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't yeah. believe. But I'm, gl- I'm glad I'm out because you know, Cuba is not a good place to live, mm. uh, and and the best place is the United States. Yeah. And uh, except uh, Earl Stewart, I heard you were a great man, and I appreciate what you do for people. Thank you. Aww. Well, you know, Nancy and I were in Cuba. We uh, we uh, were on a cruise. Uh, a few years ago, went to uh, Havana and, and toured around. We saw a lot of those old cars. It's worth the trip just to see those cars because, you know, I was born in 1940, and in, in, in the 50s, uh, I grew up uh, pretty much, and that was a lot of my car experiences. My first car was a 1951 Pontiac, and I see I see all those cars in, uh, in, in, in Havana and other parts of Cuba, we, we saw, we went, uh, took a tour and we saw where they were uh, rebuilding these, these old cars. And they're absolutely, I mean, they're, yeah. I get emotional thinking about it. I, I took so many pictures that you wouldn't believe it. But yeah, uh, we, we loved it. It was uh, interesting we, to see these we families. We loved our visit. I, yeah. I know it's not a good place to live, but we, we love visiting there. The, the families that had these body shops that, uh, you know, that was inherited or handed down, and they really, really did a great job on these vehicles. It was an, an amazing tour. Yeah, yeah, excuse me, Ricardo. You have a guy named Ricardo, right? Ricky? Yeah, that's uh, me. Yeah, Ricky. Ricardo, yes, a question. Uh, I was driving, You listen to this one. My car was a 1951 Dodge Wayfarer. Oh, boy. With <laughs> fluid drive, fluid drive. Transmission, you could shift or you could put in uh, in drive. But very slow when you put in drive. You could put in second and go fast. There yep. was no first. <clears throat> so do you, have you any idea about this kind of car with fluid drive? I've heard of them. I've never seen one. I've never driven one. But I have heard of them. And we didn't, uh, we didn't have an oil filter. We changed oil every 1,000 miles. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So no oil filter. Incredible. Mm. And the, the yeah, we car have now on it. Now we're talking about some old cars. I got I got to ask Rick this question, and you'd be interested too. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, you know, a lot of cars were stick shifts. Everybody drove stick shifts, and uh, there was something called a, a a speed shift. And you say to your friend, uh, "Do you know how to speed shift?" And uh, a speed shift was you would uh, instead of put using the clutch, uh, you would rev the engine somehow to match the. Uh, something, and then you would shift without having to put the clutch in. Yeah, you would. You would actually try to get the engine just at the right RPM. level of RPMs to where, when you shifted, you were kind of slipping it out of one gear and slipping yeah. into another yeah. gear. Yeah. But you had to have your your RPMs just right and to if do you didn't, that. It really made a lot of noise. Oh, if you didn't, you were grinding those gears because the transmissions didn't have synchronizers even. Yeah. So I mean, you were literally trying to disengage one set of metal gears and engage another set super fast 
without ever touching the clutch. Yeah. And, oh, man, if, if you did it right, it was slick and smooth. <laughs> but if you did it wrong, yeah. everybody for blocks everybody. around knew because they could hear it, yeah. and they might see it when your transmission blew apart <laughs> and all those pieces of metal went all over the road. So, yeah, that, that was... Happy days. Yeah, you know, my car, when you go in the first gear, you slow down, and you, don't want, you have to stop. But if you know how to do that, you don't have to stop. You match the uh, whatever you do with the with the clutch, and I was able to uh, pick up from first gear without stopping the car. Wow! By doing exactly what you say. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, and thank you very much for your call, for my call. I don't know what I'm saying. Well, I thank you. Thank, thanks for the thank nice compliment, by the way. Appreciate it. Thank you, Javi. Yeah. Okay. And very good. Thank you. Have Give a us a day. call again, Mr. Anonymous. <laughs> okay, folks, uh, we're going to get to the mystery shopping report, I believe. Everybody in agreement? Yeah, let me do this uh, quickly. Uh, uh, if uh, any folks out there with, uh, with the Teslas, we talked about the autonomy and the Tesla self-driving. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, we don't, it, maybe if I get through with the mystery shopping report before uh, 10 o'clock, I'd like to hear from any Tesla owners that are on autonomous uh, and their experience, because this is really uh, one of the most interesting things that Nancy and I have ever done. I mean, we were laughing about it, talking about, you know, the, it isn't as, as good as we expected, but it's, it's a miracle. I mean, it, in a lot of ways, it's a miracle of, of what, uh, it's just a thrill, thrill uh, to do this. It's not it's practical. It's not practical like we hoped it would be, but it's, is fun. It is. It's. It's the future has arrived now. So, if any of you Tesla people who are on autonomous, if we have time at the end of the show, I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you at eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. And at the end of the day, I'll tell you, there's a lot of good news. We really enjoy the um, AI. Um, adventure, I'll call it. Uh, but we'd love to hear from you and your stories. Again, that number is 877-960-9960. Rick? By the way, Earl, uh, Kirk in West by God, Virginia, uh-huh. he's not letting you off the hook on this. <laughs> he says the new book should be available soon, right? <laughs> he says he's looking for Christmas gifts that he can send out. So, yeah. Well, thank you. And and uh, just to be fair to me, Nancy uh, is involved in this too because she's doing the forward, and she's got to call our ghostwriter, and uh, John Van Zyl, and we got to get this thing wrapped up. So thanks for the reminder. I like being reminded because we got so many irons in the fire between yeah. uh, be- between our te- our uh, texter and me. Uh, there's there's a lot of reminders out there on this book, so uh, I won't point the blame in any one direction, uh, but uh, somebody's got to hold somebody's feet to the fire. So it might be more like a Valentine's gift than a Christmas gift mm, for this one? No comment. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going to get back to the mystery shopping report, and that is from Audie of Coral Springs. Audi Coral Springs. Again, uh, your vote is very, very important. So you can do that at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Yeah, if you didn't hear the first part of the show, Sue Stewart, who is the uh, cyber uh, mystery shopping master, 
who uh, handles the Mystery Tracker reports. He normally uh, writes up the report from the notes made by Agent Lightning. And because uh, Stu, and again, I, uh, I mentioned earlier in the show, he's got some severe back problems, and we're worried about Stu, and I uh, hope he's feeling better. A lot of pain. He's home now. He was in the hospital for a couple of days, and uh, but he's home now and uh, kind of hobbling around on a walker. So I didn't. We didn't get this information, and uh, uh, we're going to read from the rough notes. So bear with us uh, as we go through the shopping report of Audi and uh, Coral Springs. Coral Springs, right there near Fort Lauderdale in South Florida, for you folks listening around the world, and it's the. Uh, uh, I refer to that area as the Sodom and Gomorrah of the uh, carb retail business. Uh, the further south in Florida you go, uh, on the southeast coast, the worse and more dangerous it becomes to buy a car. Okay, um, before you get started, I'm going to give a shout-out to our mystery sh- um our mystery shopper and uh, Agent Lightning, thank you for reaching out this morning and saving the day at the wee hours of the morning. You went above and beyond. Thank you. Now back to the mystery shop. So out at Coral Springs, Fort Lauderdale, for all intents and purposes, uh, w- was recently bought by li- the Lithia Auto Group. Now, usually we think auto groups, we think auto nation, and that's big, that's, you know, that's what we hear. But the Lithia Auto Group is actually larger than auto nation now. And that happened um, earlier in the COVID issue uh, uh, pandemic with the uh, uh, frenzy of buying car dealerships. Car dealerships, everybody's buying car dealerships. They're making so damn much money, everybody wants one. And the, the public groups buying them up, buying them up. And Lithia, L-I-T-H-I-A, uh, bought so many of them, they're higher uh, on the ranking now. They're, uh, they probably got close to 300 dealerships. And one of them they bought was uh, the Audi of Coral Springs. I, I used to know the former owner, and he sold out. And again, this is going to be, these are notes, uh, although Agent Lightning does a good job, uh, I'll read pretty much uh, the way she wrote it down and editorialize a little bit if I can figure out how to do it. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm speaking in the f- f- first uh, person as if I were Agent Lightning, and uh, um, here I go. James greeted me as soon as I walked in the door. I let him know that I was a little taken back by markups on the cars. I sat out front and almost didn't come inside. He said, well, that's a starting point for New Yorkers. You're a New Yorker, aren't you? A little humor there, I guess. Uh, I laughed and said, no. James asked me how soon I uh, plan on buying, and I said, as soon as possible, but not with a markup. He then asked which car I was looking at. I said I wasn't sure maybe he would help me. This would be my first Audi. He showed me the A3, the 4, and the 5, and all were in a line on the showroom floor and said, uh, uh, and he suggested he and his wife both drive, or told me that he and his w- wife both drive an Audi 4, A4. He thinks I'll really like it. Uh, uh, I said, perfect, show me what you have available. He asked me to follow him outside and we can take the golf cart. Once outside, couldn't find the golf cart. And I asked if, uh, uh, if I mind walking to lot, which was over another building. He said, uh, oh, there's the golf cart, so we found it. So, again, and I, again, apologized for the rough notes. He apologized again about the golf cart and also that they didn't have as many Audi 4s as he thought. Some must have been sold. He said he believes his enterprise possibly bought them. 
I said that I really like the gray one on the showroom floor. He said, perfect, let's go buy a car. Now, it's interesting to me that Enterprise, they're the very large rental company. They're affiliated with a lot of dealerships, and they uh, supply rental cars for the uh, dealer's usage. And dealers usually uh, buy and sell cars uh, from Enterprise, so they're kind of like a uh, dealer-centric uh, auto group, a uh, uh, rental car group, and they provide a, probably the majority of cars to service customers. Uh, he didn't offer uh, for me to take a test drive then, uh, and I think he, he caught himself and was being lazy and, and, uh, and said, well, it drove nicely, don't you think? I said, well, I definitely will want to drive it before I decide to buy, but I guess I'll take your word for it. He asked if I wanted to see a price. I said, sure. He then asked for my license and phone number. I said he's going to have to come up with something good because I know my other half, my, my husband hates car shopping and won't pay up over MSRP. He said it's nearing the end of the year, putting down, uh, will I be uh, putting down money in financing where I'll be paying cash? I said probably eight to $10,000. Uh, he said the owner that uh, bought them out last November, that's when Lithia bought out, um, Audi of Carl Springs, Lithia, um, and isn't afraid to lose money to sell cars. That's silly, but uh, that's his way of uh, getting you interested. But he'll take off the $1,495 low jack of denim. Uh, he, he said he will not take off the 1495 low jacket denim, but we'll discount it. So uh, he set the stage there for what we would see later on the buyer's order. He excused himself and returned about five, five minutes later with the sheet. Uh, he asked what I thought. I said, not too bad. Uh, we, we have the sheet uh, that he referred to, and uh, for those folks that are watching it online, YouTube or Facebook, uh, you can see the Audi of Coral Springs uh, sheet. And as I, I look at it, uh, there are some extras here uh, that uh, he didn't mention in the conversation. Uh, there's a processing dock fee of $1,000. Actually, it's only $999. $999 processing dock fee. That's a hidden fee. Uh, he didn't mention it. Showed on this worksheet. And... Uh, didn't have any other uh, hidden fees. They did have the low jack, which he said would not come off. And uh, the rest of it was accessories. We'll assume those weren't hidden accessories. Uh, and uh, I'll hold it up here. It's already probably already on your screen. And that's where we stand. Uh, he asked what I thought. I said, not too bad. This is the best you can do. James replied, no, if you're ready to sign right now, I can likely come down another 1500 to $2,000. I said, okay. Uh, well, uh, he put his hat on, he'll call, I'll, put, I'll call my husband. Put my hat on, I'll call my husband. He handed me the paper. I said I could go over there and call him, and then he'll come back, uh, come down in price once I get the okay. I said, that's not gonna work. He said, okay, uh, I'm here, when and if you're ready. Let me give you my card. Let me know. Texting works best. Uh, this car was sitting on the showroom floor just as I walked in. He said, you 
Uh, do you want that one? Uh, it's a limousine of Audis. It does everything, including, uh, I hate to say this on the air, but it's interesting that he would say that to a lady, uh, to a woman, a uh, prospective customer. Uh, it'll do everything, include rub your butt while you sit in the back seat. I think that's uh, poor taste and uh, not fitting of a professional salesperson. But that's just me. Uh, we got plenty of time left here to vote. Um, my observations before we, while we wait for the votes to come in is that Lithia uh, is a big target. Uh, they're a public company. Uh, their numbers are all made public because the Security Exchange Commission requires publicly owned companies uh, to disclose all their numbers. And they better be accurate or else you get in a lot of trouble. For those folks that follow the financial news, you see uh, what's going on with some of these uh, uh, companies uh, of the cyber uh, uh, Bitcoin type of companies uh, that are being uh, exposed for deceiving people. And that's the Security Exchange Commission. Uh, so Lithia is there. They're on top of these things for the public companies. I think uh, I'm not endorsing the public companies. I'm saying that they are more careful. The, public, the privately owned companies get away with a lot, and they do. And uh, the public companies cannot because of their uh, exposure. So uh, we'll see if we have any votes in now. And uh, Rick, how are we looking? Okay, let's see here. Uh, Paul Anderson on Facebook's giving him a D. Over here on YouTube, we have... Uh, let's see, Mark Anderson, Mark from St. Louis. B, not too bad, junk fees for the times. Uh, Kirk in West by God, Virginia. If you sign right now, even though I have junk fees and I'm unprofessional to you, you earn a D plus. Negan won F for fees and rude comments. Tim Gilliland, can't get past a $1,000 processing fee. C. Scott Hunter, C, they were willing to lower the fees. Brian Sedlatko, D+. Tom Steckel, I saw nitrogen on the addendum. A big red flag. C- minus at best. Yeah. Prayers for Stu's recovery. Mark Ryan, C-. minus. Rocky Blockatiel, not as bad as it could get. I'll give them a C. Let's see what we have here for texting in. Uh, which, by the way, Anne-Marie sends all her best for Stu. Bob F. for Audi of Coral Springs. The person is a smart mouth. <laughs> Jonathan in Wellington. Poor taste in comments is the least of their problems. Hidden fees means a poor grade for me. I'll give them a hard D. And, oh, here we go. Oh, this is Agent Sprinkle. Ah. Huh. Immediate fail for inappropriate comment. <laughs> I I kind of agree Thank on you. that. That that was that was a bit rude on their part. Yeah. Uh, salesman gets an F for me. Stupid rude. Uh, for the for the rest of it, the, their their fees are pretty much up there. So I'm gonna say a D for the dealership, but an F for that salesman. That's that's just uh, mm -hmm. no, not right. Not in any. I it, it to me that doesn't matter if you're walking into a buy here pay here used car lot. You be respectful to everybody, male, female, whoever. You be respectful. Hit the nail on the head. Yeah, the the um, supplemental label, and I, I held this up, and I know it was projected to our Facebook and 
YouTube uh, people streaming us uh, uh, is uh, an obvious effort to jack the price up, and that's what all dealers are doing now. They did take these off, as he said they would, but uh, the nitrogen was there. It's uh, Nitrogen is really an insult to a consumer's intelligence. Uh, uh, consumer Reports, as a matter of fact, uh, said that nitrogen in auto tires is totally useless, worth nothing. Um, they had wheel locks, nitrogen fill, uh, they had permaplate protection for $14.95. Uh, they, they took that off. The one thing they did not take off were, was the uh, low jack, which they uh, kept on there at, a, I think, a $1,495 price or something like that. So uh, uh, that fills in for the people that uh, did not see what the uh, supplemental label had. As I say, that, that nitrogen was taken off the price, but... She had to ask for it. Agent Lightning had to ask for it. And your grade? Your grade? Uh, My grade is going to be, I'm going to give them a C-. Okay. Uh, I think think, uh, we'll go back and shop them like we always do. I think uh, because they just bought them recently in November, I think you'll see an upgrade in the way they treat customers. We'll probably be back in the next six months. Okay. Um, I think that uh, James needs to clean his act up and, uh, you know, uh, come out of that old-school attitude. And uh, very unprofessional. And uh, the fees, well, they uh, nauseate me. And uh, nitrogen, gosh almighty, I thought that time was over. Uh, For all of that, you get an F. F. Pretty, pretty tough. Uh, I'll give them a C minus, but uh, I, uh, I, I, I'm a little disappointed. I think, as I say, Lithia, AutoNation, um, the big auto groups out there, you rarely see egregious, uh, obvious, stupid activity at those dealerships. They're just uh, too exposed. And uh, if you want to have some fun, you know, you could go online uh, to any public publicly owned automobile dealership and you can pull up their actual numbers. I'm always shocked at their profit numbers in finance and insurance. And uh, I see uh, how they will, they do it on a per car basis. And you'll see that these car dealerships will make uh, $3,000 on every car they sell on financing. Then you add another today, Four or five thousand dollars on every car they sell for the sale price of the car. So, I mean, you're looking at a close to ten thousand uh, dollars profit per car, mm. and it's just uh, some of these big dealerships are selling a uh, thousand uh, cars a month. That's a lot of cabbage, uh, Rick. Uh, do you have any more votes for us? Uh, let's see. Uh, just a couple comments. Uh, Kevin Bryson says, government fee of $600? No. They're going to find any name they can on those fees. Yeah, they could call it the government fee. And where you have to be careful, we had a caller earlier in the show, and uh, he was asking what should you do about his hidden fees. 
And I mentioned to him that in the business office, this is where you're really most exposed because you think you bought a car, but you've dealt on their worksheet, what we showed you today. Rarely do we get to look at the actual legal documents because they're spit out of a computer. Literally, they come out of the computer when you sit down. They're not even there yet. And you sit down also the computer, you know, fast printer is popping those papers mm-hmm. out and they're, they're dealing them across the desk at you like cards and they're hitting you like this and there's, they give you the pen and the initial here, initial there. And when the smoke settles and you get home, if you're lucky, you start reading what you signed and say, oh, look at this fee here. What is that? What is that? What is yep. that? So a lot of your hidden fees, and he mentioned government fees, they're too high. Well, you don't know until they get broken down. So, and, yeah. and Kevin goes on to say, I'll give them a C-, minus, but only because this is graded on a curve. Yeah, and we've got to grade on the curve. Uh, our purpose in life is to guide you. You know, you have to buy cars. You have to buy vehicles. We have to give you a way to go. If we failed everybody, I mean, that would be cute. That would be maybe almost realistic because they, most car dealers treat people badly. But where are you going to buy a car? Well, we're trying to give them a guide, <laughs> yeah. a helpful you know, guide. Uh, v- no. Voting on the curve, I can understand it completely. Uh, but there are times like right now, uh, with this mystery shop, you know, it's just so old school. And for that, I just can't vote on the curve. You know, I have got to voice my opinion. Uh, where are we? We're back in the 50s, the 60s. And uh, we can't become complacent at all. Yeah. Okay. And Tom Seckel says, Napleton is the standard for F. Audi wasn't <laughs> that bad. The first step is to have the F and I salesman recap the detail of the out-the-door price before he gets into his menu sales pitch. I like that. We can, we'll redefine F as Napleton standards. Oh. So uh-huh. he set the low bar, and so Napleton will be our F standard. Oh. Johnny C. Fraidley says, I'm surprised they're not charging for helium-filled tires, <laughs> claiming you'll get better gas mileage because the car will be lighter. I like that one. All right, Johnny. Yeah, Johnny. You, you just won the prize for today. That was pretty good, Johnny. I like that. I think we're out of time. <laughs> Nearly. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us this morning. We certainly enjoy your company, and uh, we hope that you found the show entertaining and uh, educational. Stay tuned next week. We'll be right back here at 8 o'clock. And uh, myself, I am going to start celebrating my birthday today. I'm going to celebrate, in fact, today. It's Monday, but today. Anyway. Happy birthday. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. And, Stu, we're thinking about you. Get better soon. Bye-bye, everyone.